Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> okay, this is maybe we'll say save the best for last. This is our last guest episode of the year, and we've got a double guest, double whammy, with maybe one would argue you guys had. One of your biggest years yet. I mean, every year I think you could say that. I will stop teasing. We are so thrilled to finally have the Glow Recipe co-founders and CEOs, Christine Chang and Sarah Lee, on the pod. Woo! Ooh, thank you for having yes. us. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. Of course. We love this podcast. Avid Yay. listeners. Oh my gosh. Well, we're so, so thrilled and honored you guys could make some time for us. Again, we know that it's been busy. You guys just won an award. Women's Wear Daily Award. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's surreal. Can you remind us what the listeners, what the award was? It was called the Category Builder of the Year by WWD. So essentially what it means is that we contributed to the lift of the skincare category as a brand. I mean, it's the best award that you could ask for. It's a dream come true. Wow. <laughs> that is so major. That's exciting. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Well, well-deserved. Okay. We start every episode with a question called what's on your face. So we know that Glow Recipe is on your face, but what are some other products or brands that you guys are currently loving? Let's start with you, Christine. All right. So obviously dewdrops on the face. It's like a Zoom must have always to look glowy instantly. I then finish it off with the watermelon mist to like gloss it up. And then the blush is Patrick Ta. I've been loving She's a Doll. I think the hue is it's like this very vibrant pink, which is so cute. I used his little nose contour kit. I am not a contour person, but I've been testing it out to play with it. And then the lip is actually what I got when we were in Korea recently together, Sarah, which is this new Hera lip gloss that I'm trying out. I, I like the color. It's been cool. Oh, I love the blush and lip combo on you. Thank you. That looks really, really cute. I also have been struggling with my contouring as well. Kirby, we were talking about this too recently, like nose contouring. I saw someone recently like cut the middle of their brush. Did you see that, Kirby, on TikTok? <laughs> so it's like essentially you you like cut the middle part of the brush so that just the edges of the makeup brush are there so that when you put it on the bronzer or contour, it like contours your nose anyways. Oh, like a U shape. That's so cool. Yeah, like a like a V almost. So cut yes. a V in the middle so that it's just the two sides of it. Yeah. That's kind of genius. But also I've seen people like breathing in really strong going. And then oh, when you do that, what? you create the line Stop. from that. I've been doing that. And literally it is so oh my God, hard. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to choke or something, <laughs> but it works. I didn't do it today. It's hard because like you could draw it crooked and suddenly your nose looks crazy. So like, True. I am I'm not. Like, like, what is it like? <laughs> I don't know. 
Or if you like don't <laughs> blend it in, it could go wrong. I definitely want to try it now just for the sake of that. Okay, Sarah, what's on your face? I have dew drops just like Christine, but underneath that I have our latest launch, the Cloudberry Bright Essence Toner, which is so amazing for skin boosting, the radiance, brightening. So love that. Dewdrops actually is like my last like skin finisher as well as a serum. It just gives you that boost of glow. So I always use that before a podcast or a Zoom call or walking out. And then I have Kosa's Brow Pencil. I don't know the full name. It's like the pink translucent packaging. It's so thin. And yes. it's just like you can fill in your brow so effectively. So I've been loving it. I also have a little bit of Ilya's Skin Tint, just like around my T-zone. And then I have the, the NYX NYX Butter Gloss, as well as Dior Lip Glow Oil on top. I layer the two. Gives like a nice pink. Wow. She's a TikTok girly over here. <laughs> and a high-low. I am definitely a TikTok girly. <laughs> Sarah, have you tried the Nano Brow from Kosas? So the no. one that you're wearing is the Brow Pop, which I oh, love. Yeah. That's the name. Yeah. It's beautiful. But they made one called Nano. It's Nano Brow. And it is so teeny and fine. I go w- through them like water because they're so small, oh. but they make the perfect hair stroke. It's amazing. Oh my God, I have to oh, try I love it. That. The more natural it makes me look, that's what I love. We also love the Brow Harmony Gel from Rare Beauty. They mm. made this gel and I honestly don't think that they really thought it was going to... They were just like, we need a brow gel. We'll launch it. They launched <laughs> it with like all of their brow products. And then literally Sarah and I are like, this is crack for the eyebrows. We are yeah. obsessed with it. We sing its praises. It's truly an incredible eyebrow gel. This is so good. Getting recommendations. <laughs> Sold. I love too that you guys are like, stay true to like your pink theme. The both of you. It's like very on brand. Very on, like the makeup. I love it. Okay. So for some of our listeners who may love Glow Recipe, but don't know the backstory between the two of you, we would love a little Glow Recipe history because Glow Recipe has been around seven years, right? The Glow Recipe skincare brand that we're seeing is seven. And then when we founded the company with the curations that you guys are all very well aware of, that started at the end of 2014, so almost 10 years. Okay, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about how you two came together as a dynamic duo and then what led to you wanting to launch Glow Recipe. Okay, so I can start and then Sarah can wrap up our story since we lived it together. I met Sarah my first day as an intern at L'Oreal in Korea. It's a very robust internship program. So you're set up with mentors. So we would always grab coffee after work. We became fast friends, a lot of Korean barbecue thrown in between. And throughout it all, we somehow ran these parallel lives where we were also working in Korea, but then Sarah moved to New York to continue to work at L'Oreal. I went to school for a few years and then went back to L'Oreal in the U.S. So we literally continued our Korean barbecue, sheet masking, wine (laughs) friendship into the L'Oreal U.S. years too. And I think the commonality between the two of us has always been how obsessed we are with beauty. At the time we were in marketing and product development, and we were working on these exciting projects that we felt like could really change skincare, could change hair care, because a lot of the trends were coming over from what we grew up with, which was 
the sense that beauty should be fun, especially skincare, and it should be engaging and like the best part of your day. And when we looked at the landscape out there, there were a lot of serious like clinical brands, which are great. And then there are brands that were more whimsical, but there wasn't really a brand that combined the two that made skincare feel really approachable and accessible and fun. And that was the genesis of Glow Recipe. Even in the early days when we were curating products versus creating products, I think that mission continued, which is why our community has continued to grow alongside us. And Glow Recipe Skincare, the fruit for brand you see today on the shelves of Sephora, came along in 2017. I think it was like this labor of love for us for many years because we always knew we wanted to launch our own products. And the reason we chose fruit at the time was because we grew up with watermelon rind being rubbed on the skin to soothe heat rash. It was like this familiar ingredient that our mothers and grandmothers would just literally walk over to the fridge for grab and then incorporate into their skincare routines. So that familiarity part combined with like clinically effective actives for real results, that really spelled out this magic formula for us. And then the rest is kind of history, if you will. Yeah, I think we always were passionate about bringing skincare to something that people can enjoy because I think we're all stressed, tired, maybe lazy. And skincare used to be considered, you know, more of a chore, if you will. And that was definitely something that I personally experienced as well when I first moved to New York. And I made new friends in New York and my new colleagues at the L'Oreal New York office. And I remember people saying like they dreaded cleansing their face and (laughs) that they were wishing that there was no even three-step routine. Like it was just too much of work for them. And I remember being so shocked and surprised to hear that when I first moved here. But I realized that that was the sentiment that a lot of people shared here. So we both felt really passionate about sort of changing that narrative and, you know, imagining how people would really actually be able to improve their skin a little bit more if they thought it was fun and enjoyable. So you can see the packaging that we created, the texture, the sensoriality, the scent, the experience of application, like all of those touch points that we thought about was ultimately to make sure that skincare can be enjoyable while being luxurious at the same time, even if it's just two minutes of your day. Again, after a long day, you're in front of your medicine cabinet in your bathroom. And that two to five minutes is like just me time. You feeling so great, feeling like a little escape, skin escape, if you will. And I think that thought as well as us kind of looking at social media throughout the years, especially when we first started, we didn't have any resources. So social media was the only marketing tool that we had. And so we were living and breathing the world of social media. And we also learned and felt that a lot of people were, you know, getting more insecure with filtered and photoshopped images across social media, comparing themselves with others that were just unrealistic in reality. And so we wanted to just, we were on a mission to to break that barrier and say, hey, you can do two things. One, work on your skincare, be diligent about it, enjoy it, and you'll see results. It's like working out. But two, if we are as a brand able to stop retouching and never actually retouch any of the images and the model imagery that we put out there, and actively stop using that are words that are unrealistic, like perfect or flawless 
or even anti-aging. Remember, Allure kind of put that out there. We were cheering with them when that came out. Anti-wrinkle. We like officially pledged never to use those words as a company. And I think that's one of the things that we're just so passionate about going forward, skin acceptance. That is our core value, one of our core missions that we have as a company as well. It's so crazy because when you say seven years ago and then you refer to 2017, I'm like, wait, what? That's truly just feels <laughs> like three years ago. And Sarah, I remember you and I first having a meeting at Alfred on yes. Melrose Place. And I remember being so excited because I remember when I got sent the watermelon sleeping mask for the first time, I thought I had hit the jackpot. I'm like, nobody can tell me shit. I got sent this product <laughs> like they wanted me to have it. and. Truly, after that, there were so many dupes or people utilizing watermelon in mm -hmm. their products because of just how successful this one skew was for you guys. Will you remind me, was that your only product for a while or had that come out and then there were a few other Glow Recipe products that had already launched? So at launch, we had the Watermelon Glow Sleeping Mask with Blueberry Bounce Cleanser. If you remember that cleanser, we still have it. But that is definitely an OG because we wanted to have two SKUs that you could use just within your routine and complete your routine. You know what I mean? Like it's a sleeping mask that you sleep with and then in the morning you wash it off. So we launched with those two, but of course the watermelon sleeping mask got so much of the love. It was really <laughs> a social media sensation at that time. And I remember meeting you too, Kirby, at Alfred. It was such a fun coffee chat. I still remember it very vividly. And I gave you a huge bag of products. <laughs> but, you know, I think since then, because it was such a hit, I mean, we, we were confident about the formula, but we just did not imagine the level of excitement and the buzz that it would create. I mean, we launched with Sephora from day one. So what we did with them is really sit and think about the roadmap of the brand because, you know, at that time, Sephora was very shocked as well. Like we were just beating all of the projections and forecasts. We had to overship, actually freight forward. <laughs> this is such a crazy story. We had to air freight everything because the watermelon sleeping mask was made in Korea. And so we needed to make sure that we're answering to all the demands. And because the jars are glass, they're heavy mm -hmm. and it's not cheap to air freight all of them. But we said, you know what? As a small company, we're going to answer and just give what the people are asking for and see where this takes us. So we took the risk, invested in taking all of these air freights in to the U.S., which is, again, like a huge sort of burden for us as a small, tiny company at that time. And then, again, we roadmapped what we would launch after. The very first product that we launched after that is the Watermelon Glow Pink Juice Moisturizer, because we were thinking, how amazing would it be if we give that watermelon experience 24-7 so people can use the moisturizer during the daytime and then the sleeping mask at night? And I remember, Sarah, you came to our party. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, I remember that. You remember in Beverly Hills? It was in, yes, some, like, beautiful home in Beverly Hills. Yes. I just wanted to add, like, Kirby remembering that coffee from early on. I remember too, this was back when you guys were still curating, but I was thinking about like, if someone were to ask me like, what was like one of the first most memorable mailers I've ever gotten as a beauty editor, it was from you guys. And it was like product oh. you cured. Like you Aww. guys, you sent one to like this budding little beauty writer and I will never forget it. You guys have always been just the best, 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 best. 
Oh, oh my God. Best compliment. Thank, Thank you. you <laughs> wow. That means Full so circle. much. We've all grown up together. And then I just was going to say, you know, you've made it when Trader Joe's is like trying to make a dupe for one of your products. <laughs> like be for real, Trader be Joe's. for real. We love you, TJ, <laughs> but be for real. Just please be for real. <laughs> Well, that's a moment for sure. (laughs) Talking about, you know, longevity and obviously you both have so much experience previous to starting Glow Recipe, but that doesn't guarantee the success of a company. I'm sure there were lots of long nights and long years, you know, working together and trying to figure out how to grow from curation to starting your own skincare brand and then to, you know, adapting to the changing landscape all the different consumer demands. There's so many different beauty brands now that are honestly looking up to you and trying to do what you do. So what do you think the secret is to lasting and being relevant and staying innovative? I think we've always been really obsessed about being where our customers are. And we say often that we were so lucky to have started a business in the age of social media because What a tool to level the playing field for a brand that has very little budget, especially in those early days. We couldn't do huge marketing campaigns or ad campaigns. And social media made it really possible for us to be as present in front of our customer, as disruptive, have more connection than a lot of the legacy brands out there. And we're just forever grateful because I think that's also what's really fed into every process of the company, whether it's product development, where we're taking people's opinions and feedback into consideration. When we put a launch out there, we see immediately on social that feedback loop. And I think that's such a gift for any brand to be able to do. Over the years, we've obviously had to like explore different platforms. Like when we first started, it was a lot of Instagram and YouTube. Now it is a lot of TikTok, another incredible platform where you know, videos can go viral overnight. It's honestly been incredible for brand awareness for us because we're now meeting this entirely new audience that is so skincare interested and because our products naturally lend themselves to conversation and they were intentionally designed that way too. Like when we made the jar, we wanted it to look beautiful in your flat leaves and your shelfies in your hand. We wanted the goop to look beautiful as it was efficacious so that skincare was no longer this private thing that you're doing by yourself in the bathroom. It's becoming this community activity where you're sharing and having that conversation. And I think over the years, as we've kind of refined how we continue to put out launches and how we're continuing to engage with our community, the one thing our customer care team really takes to heart is the fact that every customer that either leaves a comment with Glow or DMs us, we try to get back to them, every single one, because it's our belief as a company that if a customer and our community members have taken the time and effort to reach out to us, we want them to feel seen and heard. And we start every Monday team meeting with the customer care team leading with best email examples and best social media comments so that everyone is truly plugged into this universe. So I think that's created like this greater ecosystem where all this conversation is happening around glow. You know, when you say the word TikTok, there's a lot of conversation around like virality and what happens after a brand goes viral and it's a continued momentum. And for us, it's not really about that. It's just making sure that we're continuing to put out content to really engage our customer, to educate, to make sure that they're having a good time, that we're really helping our creator partners to make content as easily as possible and making their jobs as easy as possible. And it's been 
it's been incredible on all kind of tiers and levels. Okay. I also want to ask, so, you know, when you started, obviously everyone knew the both of you as like K-beauty experts. You are majorly responsible for bringing K-beauty to the United States. But Glow Recipe isn't a K-beauty brand. However, I know you guys still get looped into that category a lot. You focus on innovation. You obviously have labs in Korea. The both of you lived in Korea, breathe Korean beauty. You know that like it inspires the innovation and the formulations behind the products, but not all the ingredients are necessarily from Korea. Like for example, the cloudberry that is not native to Korea, but you are incorporating it into your products. How do you feel about still being looped into the K-beauty category sometimes? So I think it's what you said, Sarah, because we are Korean Americans. We did start our company, you know, curating Korean skincare products. We were flying out to Seoul a couple times a year, taking everyone on our journey. So I think a lot of people still sort of remember those days. And by the way, we were on Shark Tank when we had the curation business. And that had a huge platform, as you know. I mean, at that time, I don't know if the stats are the same, but I believe it was nine to 10 million in terms of viewership. So the amount of people that we spoke with, with that positioning was, it was a lot. I think that right now we do consider ourselves as more of a global brand because we are ultimately, I mean, our HQ is based here now because we have a remote working policy. We have team members from all around the country in the US, but we have offices in New York and Miami. Actually more products than not are made in the US. So we have some products that are manufactured in Korea, but more of them are actually made in the US. And we are sitting next to other global brands. So I feel it's a very natural reaction for people to, you know, have what you just described, Sarah. But I think over time, people will realize that we are sitting next to other global brands. And what matters is what the product does, what our brand messaging is, not what categorized, how it's categorized. So that's what we're focused on right now. Like really just speaking about where it's coming from, our brand core values, our philosophy, That being said, we're always going to be inspired by our heritage, our skincare philosophy, which is all about taking a holistic approach to skin and not focusing on repairing. We're all about like preventing, making sure that it's a routine approach versus each product at a time. (laughs) We also make sure that people are taking things day by day versus having a formulaic approach to skincare. If you remember when we used to go to the Sephora's of the world, beauty advisors would come to you and say, hey, what's your skin type? And then if you say you have oily skin, then you have this routine that they sort of create for you and that's it. But if you think about makeup, your skin tone changes by season. So if you imagine your skin, like depending on your lifestyle or your lifestyle habits, everything really changes and no skin is the same. So our philosophy of taking things each day and making sure you listen to your skin and what it's telling you and feeding only what it's asking you to feed, that comes directly from our upbringing and our heritage and what we've been taught by our mothers and grandmothers. And that won't ever change. Obviously, this brand is very socially forward. You both have talked about how you are in DMs, responding to comments, making sure that everybody feels seen and heard because you're only as good as the people that are going to buy your brand. This kind of leads us into the influencer conversation. Influencers, there is so much talk about them, whether or not they are reliable, whether or not they are just getting a paycheck. My thought is they got to get paid. 
and there, there's something, you know what I mean? Like, why are we still mad that influencers are getting paid to talk about products? I truly do not understand that argument at all. I think some people do it better than others, but at the same time, they got to make a living too. These social platforms aren't actually paying their bills. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So in y'all's opinion, what separates your influencer strategy? I literally had an influencer tell me once, which I had to laugh out loud about she said that she had put glow recipe on the map oh <laughs> dying to know kirby who this is i'm dying to oh know who this is too. <laughs> i will give listeners one guess and you probably actually no you're gonna guess one person it's another this person truly is delulu and she did not <laughs> oh. put glow recipe on the map i was like fun fact glow recipe has been around longer than you've even been on the platform so Fun times <laughs> having to you'll teach have, people you'll have to the history that of after. beauty brands. You'll have I to will. disclose that. Very after. curious. Now. Christine and Sarah will be finding out after this conversation. <laughs> I mean, our community collectively puts us on the map, I guess. So it's not inaccurate. <laughs> so maybe she wasn't totally wrong. That's so kind of you to say. It's a great question. You know, I think our influencer campaigns are are so successful because we're really taking into account each influencers individuality in the sense of what their audience is like what they're great at what their content is and if they already love and have been using the brand like that adds an additional layer of authenticity and we truly try to partner with them whether it's giving them tools to make the content come together a little easier we very often jump on calls together to make sure we're walking them through the product and really immersing them in the world of glow we never give them a brief that is super detailed where it says like, this post must go viral. I've heard that from countless influencers that they see that on briefs. And it's not a formula. Like each and every influencer, we truly believe that they know their audience best. We do ask them if possible to not use filters and not use words like flawless and poreless and perfection in their content, because that's also not the brand ethos. And we want to make that kind of approach to being mindful about language and real skin acceptance like, as broad as possible. And everyone's thankfully been very receptive to that, but it's never been prescriptive. And I think the relationships that we've really built over time through these IRL events and meeting for coffees and lunches has really been so valuable because then we get to know them as people and individual creators and they get to know the brand too. And that's been very powerful for us. So that leads us to the teens, the tweens, the children, if you will, who are obsessed with Glow Recipe. How do you feel about this growing trend of teenagers and kids latching on to your products? Because to y'all's point, it's a fun skincare brand. Yeah, it's a really good question. And it is actually something we internally talk about a lot because just like your experience, Kirby, we get, I mean, you have no idea how many texts Christina and I both get from friends, you know, people that we know that are saying my daughter or my daughter's friends or, you know, are shopping your products. And it is their number one obsession. We hear this every single day. And it is, I mean, quite shocking to us, but we're both very much plugged into the world of TikTok and we see it. I mean, it's just what's happening right now. It's not just Glow Recipe that they're using. They're using Sol de Janeiro and Drunk Elephant. They're wearing Lululemon. I mean, they are (laughs) what we used to be in our college years and beyond, right? It's just a little bit more accelerated. What's interesting is that we did 
hear, I think in a recent research, that puberty starts as early as eight years old. Did you know that? Eight. That is not what happened in our generation. And I think that is actually a huge factor in addition to the power of social media, which is affecting these types of sort of early adaptation to skincare, especially because of the hormonal changes. I mean, Christine, you can also speak to your daughter's experience because she's in middle school now, but you know, these kids are starting early with their acne journey and their blackheads and pore concerns way earlier than our generation. Right, Christine? Yeah. So my daughter is in middle school right now and her friends are also obsessed with Glow Recipe. Ironically, she's very blase about it, but that's, that's I think, what happens when you're a parent. There's yep. no winning. But I second the the puberty thing. It's like these kids are experiencing breakouts, acne so much earlier than I think what we went through in our generation and, and above. And additionally, on top of that, like kids are also so much more diligent about wearing sunscreen every day. And then if you're wearing sunscreen every day, you have to cleanse it off. And after you've done a cleanse, you have to moisturize too, or like at least do something to make the skin feel a little bit more comfortable. So that in itself is already a routine. And I can see firsthand why kids are experimenting with different kind of routines and products to see what's working for them. Because yes, some of it might be jogged by what they're seeing, but it could also be from personal need too. Okay, so let's talk about like the Evelyns and the Katie Fangs of TikTok. Evelyn scares me in a, in a good way. <laughs> I love Evelyn, but I'm also terrified to meet her ever. I feel like I'd be read to filth by this <laughs> child. Oh my God, same. But they are huge fans, you know, obviously of the brand. And I think like even my niece, who's 11, have like learned about, you know, and, be and fallen in love with Glow Recipe because of them. Like, how do you approach partnering with young influencers like them? So I think it's not much different from how we would approach other influencers, meaning we would let them do their thing. That's really our philosophy for anything that we do with creators, because people follow them for a reason. They want to hear what they feel and how they would approach certain things. Katie Fang is definitely a huge fan of the brand and we're fans of hers, but she talks about products in her own unique ways. Like she would just try them, talk about her first reaction and move on. She never really goes in deep, right? If you think about how Katie Fang reviews the products versus, let's say, some of the Durham TikTokers, right? It's just very different. But it's why that resonates with her audience. They just want to hear something from her personal experience, her skin concerns, and how this works on her day, like that specific day or the look that she's going for. And so we actually did see her products. And it's so interesting how it all started with Katie Fang because she organically got our products through Sephora's birthday gift program. So this year, we partnered with Sephora to sample our two bestsellers, which is the watermelon toner and dew drops in the Sephora birthday gift program. So, I mean, it's a huge opportunity for any brand that's able to do that. And Katie experienced our products through that. And she showed like the unboxing of the little miniature sizes. And she was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm finally able to try Glow Recipe. And she would try them and she loved it. And then she would try like the last little drop and say, oh my God, I can't believe I'm finishing this already. We watched it and we said, oh, let's just send her a full package of, you know, the full size products. So we did that. 
And then she started to really just include our products in her get ready with me routines, starting with the watermelon toner. And that became such an iconic sort of starter of the routine for so many TikTokers now. But we never told her how to use a product. We never told her what to say. We literally just seeded the product and said, enjoy. You know what I mean? So I think that's just how we're going to play it out um, with any other partnerships going forward. And I think that's one of the secret sauces for how it works. We want her to really genuinely share her feedback. It can be constructive too. We're very open to it, but we'll let her speak her language in an honest, very transparent way. And she incorporates it however she wants. Obviously, like the instructions are on the packaging, but the way she uses dew drops, I mean, she uses like five different serums in one routine. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. And dew drops just happens to be one of them where she would mix a drop to her foundation because she likes the look of it once she tries that. So that's our approach. We're not going to say because your skin is a certain way, don't ever do like because our products are very gentle in general. And even our serums with, let's say, vitamin C or acids are incorporated with hyaluronic acid and soothing ingredients. Generally, they are great for even the most sensitive skin. So that's why we feel also confident and comfortable for people to do their thing, play with them. And of course, we'll answer any questions they might have. And then one thing to add to that is on the brand side, we've just been really doubling down on education and making sure we're putting out the right education for everyone to be able to pick and choose what's right for them. Sometimes those picking and choosing processes will be in conjunction with conversations with their parents and their terms if needed. But, you know, we really want to make sure that we're being informative, transparent always. And the influx of skin consultations that our customer care team have been getting have been off the charts, but we take each and every one really, really seriously. I have a comparison to make. Glow Recipe is like the Barbie movie of skincare like barbie oh on its God. surface is really fun oh, and that. bright and you think it's just going to be like extremely superficial and then it's actually really deep and gets down to like the meat of like what is life that's kind of what glow recipe does fun bright but then actually yeah efficacious made with good ingredients oh my god kirby that is so like you read our mind that's our intention <laughs> and it's pink pink we have joked about like legally blonde, how like your products, you know, you can wear pink, but also go to Harvard Law and ace it yes. there. Your products can be the same way. So totally on the same page. Love that. I love that. So speaking of, you know, building a brand, having this massive business coming from L'Oreal, I see you guys in these stories about potential M&As. They're like glow recipe on the precipice. Here's what they've been doing. Here are all the awards. Here's all the growth. Here are all the sales. Do you guys think about that when you're thinking about your strategy moving forward in any way? Yeah, I mean, obviously we've thought about it. There are, you know, options on the table. I think what's what's most important for both Christine and I is if and when that happens, it has to be with the right partner. It comes down to that. And what that means is somebody that understands our vision and our philosophy. It really is this, you know, partner going to help us continue our storytelling, continue to, you know, go on our mission to, to skin acceptance. And the way we innovate products is quite unique. It's nothing like we've done product development back in our L'Oreal days. We've learned things a certain way. We're applying so many of our skill sets from those days to what we do today. 
but we've taken very unique approaches and we'd like to keep them that way. So if we're able to do that, absolutely. But once again, it just comes down to that. Like there's no specific timing or anything in mind because we are truly having so much fun right now. Our business is, you know, it's on a really amazing trajectory today and our community is growing. Our engagement is off the charts. Like we're just having so much fun. And the reality is we have less than 25 products in our portfolio. It's a very small assortment. So there's just so much more room for us to continue to innovate, continue to do more on social media, but also ultimately like speak about the skin acceptance messaging to touch as many people as possible. I don't know if you guys have seen our Do You campaign that we've done this year. It was just one of the most rewarding things we've ever been able to do. And we're able to do that because now we have the resources. We didn't just even two, three years ago. You know, the fact that we're able to bring these faces that never dreamt of ever being a star of a beauty brand's campaign, but now we're putting on Times Square Billboard and, you know, New York Subways and all of these ad points, like they never dreamt of that and we're able to do it because again, we're in this moment of our business stage. So we want to continue to do that. And we have some big plans around continuing the Do You campaign next year as well. I actually love that you guys brought this up because I think investment and next steps for a business are always topics that come up. We actually have a small business mentoring program where our entire leadership designs like a custom curriculum for different mentees. And this topic always, always comes up. And what we've said consistently from the beginning, and we've tried to live this as well, is that you have to do your best to create your own timeline. Like obviously everyone's needs, business are different. So it's by circumstance too. But for us, I think we took on investment, for example, several years later than any of the other brands that we were next to on the shelf at Sephora, because it was so important for us to march to our own drum beat, make our own timeline and find the right people to partner with. It, it really comes down to that. And I think we worked really hard to make sure that we had those choices too. And so that's always going to be the approach for anything going forward too. Yeah, just to, because I think I mentioned the Do You campaign, but without enough context for those that have never seen it. So I just want to share what it was all about. Um, so imagine Love is Blind meets The Voice in Beauty. <laughs> it was it was essentially that. Like it was anonymous casting. We selected 10 models from all walks of life because we truly, truly wanted it to be an inclusive program as founders, but also our entire brand. We've never seen pictures or even email addresses of the applicants until the very final round where our diversity board members who are outside of our company actually help select the finalists. And then we sort of agreed with them at the very end. It was the most emotional, just tear-worthy program. I remember us being on a Zoom call and then we finally you know, opened our cameras and we, we said, you are selected. We were bawling. I mean, these models were crying with their family members, cheering them on in the background and saying that this is something that they never imagined to be ultimately for us, again, to have them be stars of our campaign. And we've I've actually invested the most amount of resources for this campaign to date because we wanted this to be like a moment for these amazing special models. We had people from, once again, all walks of life, like people that represented the, the LGBTQ community. We had a Down syndrome advocate and we had, you know, people from different ethnicities. I mean, it was just such a beautiful, diverse 
campaign. And it was the industry's first anonymous casting that was done. So we're excited to do that again next year in 2024. It was really, really so beautiful. I hope you guys win an award for that. It's like, <laughs> no, honestly, it was so, so, so beautiful. So Thank congratulations you. on that. Another congrats on your latest product, the Cloudberry Bright Essence Toner. Yay! Um, she's gorgeous. <laughs> she's beautiful. I had the honor of going to Korea and I got to see how you all made it and the smell, the touch. It's just like I can like smell it right now. It's in my in my bathroom and I've been using it ever since I got it. But Kirby, we have to get you a bottle. The category of an essence toner. I feel like Americans still don't quite understand it. I still get asked to this day, like, what's an essence? What's a toner? What's an essence toner? Can you explain what an essence toner is and tell us a little bit more about why you wanted to develop this product and also about the amazing cloudberry ingredient inside of it? course. So first, starting off with toners, I think toner itself needed a re-education in the sense that, you know, the toners of yesteryear tended to be very astringent and stripping, often laden with alcohols that were drying on the skin. And it was used more as like the second step of cleansing to remove residue on a cotton ball or pad. Now that we're really advocating for an amazing cleanse, proper cleanse up front, your toner is actually your first liquid leave-on step that just penetrates beautifully into the skin because it is so liquid and delivers essential nutrients to the skin. So initially with watermelon glucortide toner, we created this product to not only hydrate the skin and plump it up, but also deliver ingredients like BHAs that help to like refine pores and help to smooth skin. And then you're getting that perfect canvas for next skincare steps. With Cloudberry, we wanted to take it another step further by creating this very concentrated formula that's laden with like amazing ingredients, including the Cloudberry that you saw in person, Sarah, those little golden nuggets that look like clouds, actually like orange clouds. And they're so antioxidant rich. They're sourced from Sweden and we bring them in flash frozen to preserve that efficacy. You can see the texture on Sarah's hand. She's demoing for me. (laughs) And it's just this beautiful golden kind of serum in a toner texture that just soaks right into skin. There's also coenzyme Q10. We are obsessed with CoQ10 as an ingredient. It's actually the only lipid-soluble antioxidant that's naturally produced by the body and exists in every cell of the body to give cell energy. It's so needed for strengthening the skin and helping to just plump up skin, help with barrier. So overall, with this product, the goal is to just brighten, even tone, leave skin plump, refreshed, dewy, hydrated, and just, you know, no pun intended, set the tone for your entire routine. Set the tone. I love that. CoQ10 is such an underrated ingredient. Mm -hmm. I learned about it probably five or six years ago. And I initially started taking supplements with it in it and was shocked. Like I'm now reminding myself, Kirby, you need to go and buy some more CoQ10 supplements (laughs) because they are so effective. And we're not like big supplement people on this podcast. Like we'll be the first to be like, uh, is this just fake or what's actually happening here? But I love that this included in this toner, because like you said, it is great for barrier strengthening and then also having the antioxidants in there. It sounds like it's a perfect step, especially for daytime. Yeah, exactly. And I think that because it also has glycerin, 
a very high concentration mm. of it, by the way. And glycerin is having its moment now through TikTok, as we all know. We also fermented cloudberry, which you know, Sarah, and you've seen. And that's a, that's a whole process, but it does really help with the penetration and better absorption, but also the antioxidant power goes up once you ferment an ingredient and fermented rice water, which is something that we grew up with. So to have such amazing sort of list of ingredients that are so packed and concentrated along with CoQ10 makes this an essence toner, as opposed to just sort of being a third step of your cleansing step, if you will, after double cleansing, a lot of people just kind of wipe away your skin with a toner. This is truly meant to be a leave-on treatment. And that's why we actually created it with a pump as opposed to a typical toner that you can sort of pour out because a little goes a long way because of how concentrated it is. And that's why we're calling it an essence toner. And fermentation is actually a very frequently used technology for essences. And so that's another reason as well. It smells so good. And I just feel like, especially now, like during the winter, like it really is just going to be like this bright spot in your skincare routine. Oh, I'm just like dreaming about using it again. Kirby, we'll get, do you, you do you have a sample yet, Kirby? No, not yet, but I'll be on Stevie. Stevie will be hearing from me. You're getting it. You're getting it soon, Kirby. Stevie. Stevie. I'm just kidding. So before we end this combo, which I thoroughly enjoyed, I want to know as two skincare experts, what do you see being popular in 2024? I know when I ask founders about trends, they kind of hate to talk about it because they're like, we don't follow trends, you know, like we make trends and we, we, whatever. But like as like a forecaster, as people who know can kind of anticipate what's coming, what do you see us or even consumers being into in the next year? And it doesn't have to be like an ingredient or a product, but I'm just curious from your perspective, what do you think we'll see more of? So I think we've said this for years and I think next year is going to be even a bigger year for this is where the categories and the lines are blurred. And what I mean by that is hybrids. And we talk about how hybrids, makeup brands are adding even more skincare ingredients. Now skincare brands are coming up with makeup hybrids, you know, hair care and skincare. There's a lot of different sort of crossovers that are happening. And I think that next year is going to be like very heightened with crossovers. We also are working on something, hint, hint, so we can share with you once we have something. But because of you know how much we've grown our community's excitement with dew drops and how we've empowered them to use dew drops, not just for skincare, but for makeup routines as well, I think that that just gave us a lot more excitement and confidence as to what's to come next from us. But we know that this is going to be a big trend for sure. Do you know how many dew drops are sold in like a minute? Do you guys have that stat? <laughs> We do. It's one every 13 seconds. My that is crazy. <laughs> we were kind of blown away when we realized. And it's the same stat for the toner as well. Oh. One every 13 seconds. Globally. I am curious, will y'all ever enter hair care? Is that something you've discussed? We can't say like, you know, something is definitively off the table. I think we're still very, very focused on skin and what that means. As Sarah said earlier, we're 25 products and under. And Kirby, I'm not saying this to be evasive, but I think we have so many ideas. Every time we're in a brainstorm meeting, literally the list is like so long with like different fruits and different concerns we want to tackle in different formats that it's it's going to take <laughs> a little bit before we get there. 
but would you want to see something in hair care from us? I had to ask because, I mean, you guys are utilizing ingredients. You know, scalp care is such a big priority for a lot of brands and a lot of companies are investing big time in scalp care for 2024. So I was curious, you know, now what's so interesting is the consumer really does see your scalp as an extension of your skin, which it is. But that was never something that we thought about maybe even five years ago. So the fact that the consumer is kind of like, do I have a scalp routine in play? I think that plays nicely with your brand overall because you have ingredients like rice water and fermented ingredients that could be beneficial to the scalp and even like the BHAs and things like that could that could help gently exfoliate. I think you could have a really unique hair care range. Actually, I love that. Super fun. Very in line with the blurred lines we just talked about. Yeah, we're open to it. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm excited for whatever this year teasing this uh, potentially <laughs> hybrid product. I don't think we teased it anywhere else, by the way. This is the first time. So, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's an exclusive. Yes. Ooh, we love an exclusive. Thank you so, so much, the both of you, for coming on. We are just so grateful for all of your guys' support for, you know, Kirby and me over the years. And, you know, we're just such, such huge fans and so excited to just watch your success grow and grow. Obviously, everyone knows, but in case there are like two people listening who don't know where to get Glow Recipe, where can we find Glow Recipe? Where can we find the both of you and support you? So you can find Glow Recipe anywhere um, at your nearest Sephora store if you're in North America and now we recently launched in Sephora, France. We're in Sephora UK, Cult Beauty, Sephora Middle East and Southeast Asia and Mecca in Australia. And glowrecipe.com. <laughs> yes, we have a large Australian okay. contingent. So that's Ooh. that's great that y'all are in Mecca. How long have y'all been in Mecca? A couple of years now. It's been incredible. Amazing. Thank you both so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. All right, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts. I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.